people like set clocks before phones? I literally have no idea. I have no idea. I literally wish I knew. And now I'm really stressed. You know, it's like, oh, let's meet at this time. And you kind of like expect people to be there like right around that time. I wonder if it would be like, I mean, way back, way back, like they would say, oh, we're, they would send a letter and be like, meet me at this place on this day. And it's like, well, they'd be like, they wouldn't say the time they would say like, meet me at sunset or meet me. Oh yeah. At midday, you know, it's like, yeah, you maybe you would have to wait all day or like within a certain range, like a few hours. Yeah. But then people back then like lived so much more slowly because you just had to things Mm -hmm. in it. You couldn't have possibly moved as quickly as we moved today because of technology or be as like precise and on time. And then even right before cell phones, like not so long ago, you know, you think about people saying, let's meet at this time. And it's kind of like, well, if they're not there yet, what are you going to do? You can't text them. Or like when you get somewhere and you say, I'm here, like you're at someone's house and you're like, Hey, I'm here. So weird. Now we just text everything. Right. I mean, do you knock on anyone's door or ring their doorbell? Fuck no. You're like, I'm here. Open the door. So don't embarrass myself by knocking on the goddamn door. Well, and it's like, people don't always hear that because they're not always listening for it anymore. They're like, oh, they're on their phone. Oh, they'll text me if they're here, you know? Anyway, (laughs) welcome back to another episode of So Get Stuff, our podcast. Do you open up your door to strangers or wait for the text? (laughs) Today, some people if someone, came to- if someone knocks on my door, I'm like, this is about to be an attack. Yeah. Someone is about to attack me in my own like, home. I'm like, that or, yeah, that or it's an Amazon driver. Anyway, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> Big life uh, update because we haven't recorded in a while. So we probably have a yeah, lot going some on. We were missing last week, guys. Um, yeah, we tried to record and then we just ended up talking about a Nicolas Cage party. 27, dude. I feel like we're kind of old. That is so old. I know. I was like having a (laughs) mental breakdown the other day. I'm 27 and this is the time where you start thinking about like, oh, am I going to get married and have kids and like buy a house and all that stuff? But I do not have one cent saved in the bank, not a single cent because I get, I do not get paid a living wage. So I had a breakdown about how I don't want to turn 27 without having a single cent in the bank. So then I made a savings account and moved a dollar into it. Okay. <laughs> That's progress. That is progress. <laughs> okay. I have like a bunch of money related updates and like work related updates. I was on one of my parents' credit cards for like an emergency credit card. I don't even have the card anymore. Or if I do, it's just like somewhere in my closet. It was just for emergencies when I studied abroad. And I was still attached to that account, but they use that account for their business to buy things and then pay it back later, which is how our credit card works, I guess. (laughs) And my mom was like, I'm going to take you off this credit card because I think it might be hurting your credit. Cause I was telling her how I have very average credit, even though I pay everything on time, she took me off of it. I shit you not within a week, my credit score raised 107 points. Oh my God. Were they not paying it? It's just their business account. So it's like, it's always in a deficit. Oh, I guess they're paying their minimum, but I was like $20,000 more in debt because of this card. Oh, that's crazy. 107 points. I told my brothers that who are finance majors and they were like, no fucking way. No fucking way. I've never heard of that before. (laughs) That's crazy. If you think about it, you just like took off a ton of debt off just like off your name. 
and you're only supposed you're supposed to use less than 30% of your credit limit. And so if you're using more than that, which I technically was, even though I I wasn't using like pretty much any credit, it that's what was making me have bad credit or like average credit was because yeah. I was using more than 30%. It said that my credit used decreased from 72% to 2%. Oh my gosh. So that's part of the reason why I think it changed so much. <laughs> um, anyways. Okay. So like speaking of not having enough money though, now that I can get a credit card, I'm actually kind of worried it, whether or not I should get one because I will probably just put stuff on there and not be able to pay it off because I am living paper paycheck to paycheck as of now. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why, but I've just been getting super into labor laws and wage rights and stuff like that. And I'm reading this book right now. This is my recommendation of the week. It's called work won't love you back. It's by Sarah Jaffe, who also has a podcast called be labored. And the whole book is a anti-capitalist book about how we've turned work into a labor of love and something that we should be like passionate about and get so much pleasure from, but it was never supposed to be that. It was just supposed to be like, this is how I make my living and contribute to society. It doesn't have to be something that you love and how, because we're expected to love it, it exploits us in certain ways. And the whole thing is just really good. It's really geared toward the feminist movement and people of color and how being queer has kind of gone against those capitalist capitalistic beliefs and I just really recommend it. That actually reminded me, I've been listening to this podcast called The Financial Feminist with Tori Dunlap. She kind of became famous on like TikTok, I think, and she had a blog and her TikTok is called Her First 100K. And basically she became famous and like got in all these articles and magazines and things like that because she was able to save 100K before she was 25, just like from investing and living in a certain way and whatever. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what she was doing. I couldn't do that. But so she, and now she like runs her own company and she has this podcast called the financial feminist. And I've been listening to that. It's super good. It's like, she does these two types of episodes. One is a shorter episode that talks like really straightforward about how to get started with your money journey, opening a high yield savings account, like all these different things. And then the other type of episode she does is a longer one with a guest. That's more like about the social side of finance and like how different groups of people are more oppressed financially. Um, It's just super interesting. And so both are great to listen to. It's one is like, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say one is like more informational and then one is like more activist based. Yeah. And I was just gonna say, it's so hard to find financial advice and like podcasts and anything like that, that is, I think, socially responsible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's how you can make thousands of dollars. And then it's like stuff like buying section eight housing and reselling or renting it to people for a cost way higher. And it's like, yeah, that's not ethical at all. Right. So it's like, how can we make the world better, but also like be financially secure is the question that I ask. And if anyone has an answer, please reach out because we are. Please let us know. Yeah. So this girl is great. She's just like, she's super knowledgeable. She's very confident. She's like progressive. And I just love the way that she talks about money. So I would highly recommend that. Um, we'll put all these recommendations on our story as always. 
as of last week. Um, and <laughs> one more recommendation. Well, I have a couple. So I watched a documentary this past week with my mom and my stepdad called Minimalism Less Is Now. So it's a, it's a sequel to the documentary Minimalism, which has been on Netflix for a few years. And it's like basically about these two guys who are minimalists and they have a blog and they have these documentaries and maybe a book even. And they talk about like how, how you can be a minimalist and how that could benefit your life. And it was super good. Like I liked it. It was really informational. How do you think it compared to the first? I have not seen the first one. So I need to watch the first one. Okay. I need to watch the second one. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. And then we'll compare notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My mom just brought it up and she's like, we should watch this. I've been wanting to watch it. And I was like, okay. And it really just made me like, I think obviously we want to do a whole episode about minimalism, but I would recommend that maybe watch the first one and then the second one. Um, But they're both really insightful and just talk about like how people use buying more and more and more stuff to like fill these gaps in their life that have nothing to do with the amount of stuff they have or how nice their things are or whatever. And it really spoke to me. I mean, we can talk about this more in an episode, but I'm just the kind of person who's like really not attached to anything. And I'll just like get rid of anything. I just want to have like less clutter and less stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, if this is not serving a purpose, I want to get rid of it. Or Mm -hmm. I want to like burn the candle. That's just like sitting there. I want to like eat the rest of this food and this things I can like use it up, you know? So it's like, kind of really satisfying in that way. So I would recommend that. So, okay. My second recommendation of the week is Lord's new album, Solar Power, which I've been listening to the past couple of days. It came out on Friday, mm-hmm. last Friday. And she um, checked her watch. I'm not well, sure why that told her. My, <laughs> it shows like the date. It's actually dead right now. So it doesn't even matter. Um, but it usually <laughs> shows the date. <laughs> But yes, it's actually, I loved it. I think it's really great. I didn't know how I felt about solar power. It's kind of like one of those songs that you, you would have to hear in the context of the whole album to appreciate it more. So now that I've heard the whole album, I actually like it better. Not that I didn't like it. It was just like, not, I think for a lot of people, it was like, not what they were expecting, which like also feels wrong because it's like, she should do whatever she wants. And now hearing the whole album I really like it all together, like as a full mm-hmm. album and it's super good. I mean, obviously like we knew that it was going to be great, but it was like, I think people were kind of holding out like, what's this going to be like, because it was so different, but yeah. have you listened to it? Yeah, I listened to it. I kind of struggle with pop in general. Like I, it really has to appeal to a certain like folkier side. Like, I think that's why I've appreciated Taylor Swift more and more is because she's kind of starting to sound more like Phoebe Bridgers and that side of mm. music because I'm not really a pop person, but I felt like Lord, she had something way more unique that I feel like has faded a little bit. And now she does kind of sound like to me, they're a mix up of like Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers and maybe like Lana Del Rey a little. And it's like, I feel like she kind of lost a little bit of what's unique. And I did like the album sort of but I don't think it has like that much repeat value but I did like Stone at the Nail Salon yeah that was my favorite single that she came out with mm-hmm. I think she had three singles before the album came out and I just like the overall feel of it like usually I am the kind of person to be like I will listen to an album and then I'll have my favorite songs and then I'll kind of just like not listen to any of the other songs I just kind of have my favorites that I repeat but I feel like this album is one that I would just put on and like 
for lack of a better word, just like vibe too. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's very vibey. I feel like if this came out last year when I was super depressed, I would have really appreciated it more. No, that totally makes sense. Well, let us know your thoughts on Lord's new album. It totally is like split, I think. Like from what mm-hmm. I've heard, it really is split. So yeah. we're and right on like track with that. I haven't given it enough uh, of a chance yet. So in my opinion might change next time I might come on and be like, this is the greatest album of 2021, but yeah, I can never get into an album the first time I listen to it. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I have to hear it again. And then I have to like catch a couple lines that really hit me or like catch a melody that I really like. And then I get more into it, get more into it. But like, I don't ever listen to it the first time through and be like, Oh my God, I loved every single song. I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. these all sound the same. Like, I don't, I don't really hear the difference. But I am excited to listen to more of it. Um, Paige and I are actually going to see Lord next oh, yeah, year right. in April. We're going at the Mission Ballroom, which I'm so excited. So that'll be fun to see her perform live. Speaking of concerts, I went to a concert. This is a long life update, but you know, and Rex. But it's yeah. like we have we have two weeks worth of life updates in Rex. I went to a concert last week at Red Rocks. I went to Mutual Friends, so it was like a okay. Jeremy Zucker. Chelsea Cutler and um, Quinn 92. It was super fun. I just love shows where everyone in the audience knows the words to all the songs. Like that is the most fun show to me. And when I know all the songs, Chelsea had a lot of her shows in the past, like, I guess probably before COVID, she was like covering Mr. Brightside by the killers and everyone just sings. And it's like so fun. And I was really hoping that she was going to play that. And she did. And so that was really fun. And just a final life update. It's not actually a life update. It's just a reminder to all of my friends listening out there. iOS just went through an update where now all apps have to ask you if that if they can track your content across other apps. And this is just so that they can market to you better and so that you can buy more stuff through those apps like Instagram and TikTok and such. And it'll ask you if you want the app to track or if you want it not to track. And I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend you ask not to track. This is just purely because you deserve to have control over what is being marketed to you as much as possible in this day and age. And the more that it markets to you, the more data it's collecting about your uh, social media habits and I think privacy overall is something that we should strive towards. So that's my my warning of the day. Yeah. Have you received any of those up messages? Those notifications, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I usually just, yeah, I usually just say ask up not to track because I'm like, I don't really ever like buy anything off of those anyway. Like I don't buy stuff off of like an Instagram ad. Mm-hmm. I think I've maybe done that like once, but it's more like, oh, it, I'll get like an ad on a podcast or something, and then I'll be more interested in that thing or someone I follow whose choice of products I trust. Mm-hmm. I will be more likely to be like, oh, yeah, I want to kind of try that thing, or I've been trying to find a good X, Y, and Z, and they recommended one, so I'm going to try it. But oh, I was going to say, I've been wanting to take a break from social media because not from the podcast, Instagram, or anything, but from my own personal ones, just because I've been feeling like really not good. <laughs> Like, surprise, surprise, social media isn't making me feel good. (laughs) But that's just a quick life update is that maybe I'll be a little less active. Not that I'm even that active in general, but I'm just on a lot and I see a lot of stuff that makes me feel bad about myself, which we have an episode about that. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, yeah, if you don't stop me, I will call back to every single episode Mm -hmm. we have. I'll do it again. uh Um, (laughs) 
I mean, like, yeah, great. and I'll cut them all out. <laughs> I'll cut them all out again. Um, but no, I just think it's really like throwing me off track because constantly I'm thinking I need to be doing this. Wait, no, I need to be doing this. Wait, no, I want to be more like this person. Wait, wait. And it's like, you can't really see I, anything through. There's so many layers built up of me trying to reach this level of life that I see these other people living that I don't even know what I really want or what really brings me joy. What really makes me happy. I have no idea. And I'm like, I need to just mm-hmm. step away. There are certain people that I like to follow. Like really, I like enjoy their content and like to see what's going on in their life. But I'm like, we follow those people on our podcast Instagram. And that's a place that I could always mm-hmm. like check that out. But I really think I might just sign out of like some of my accounts because I just don't want to feel that way. <laughs> so, and as a perfect segue into our episode, I'll have way more free time to start some of the hobbies that I want to start. <laughs> okay. okay. So what are, what are some of the hobbies that you want to start Nicole? Okay. Actually, this is a great question because wait, wait, hold on. First of all, I really want to ask you for what hobbies have you had in the past? What hobbies are you participating in right now? And what hobbies would you in an ideal world love to pick up? Okay. In the past, some hobbies I've had are, um, I'm trying to kind of like go back. Like I, I played sports growing up, gymnastics, obviously. Did gymnastics, volleyball, kind of some other random ones, basketball, a few random ones, dance. And then when I was in high school, I was in yearbook. That was like kind of a hobby, kind of a class, but it was super fun. And then through that, I got really interested in photography and I wasn't like, I was like in high school. So I was like taking dumb pictures of the sun or whatever. Um, but <laughs> you know, the ones, um, I'll post some of my high school photography on our story. It's actually so funny, but at the time I was like, this is so good. It's not terrible. It was like, not good. <laughs> it's just like a close up of a flower. Like, you it's know, funny that because you thought it was really good. Yeah. You know? And it's like at the time for my age and what I was doing, like probably was good. And I was kind of just playing around with like, um, depth of field and like, different objects and things like that. Like I did do some stuff that I was like, that's pretty cool. Looking back, I'm like, why would you take a picture of that? Like, that's kind of stupid. But also I was like, this is so cool. Like, and at the time that type of photography was kind of in like random pictures of like the aesthetic was just different, like pin, random Pinterest ever Tumblr kind of vibes. So I'll have to post some up. It's pretty funny. It's like on my Facebook, but I was definitely into that for a little while. Never really fell off of it. I just like don't practice it that much. I would, that's one that I would really like to get back into is photography and like film and then, or like videography. And then some that I'm doing right now, I mean, I've always really been into like TV shows, like not, not like in a, I don't really know what it is. Not like in a lazy way that I'm just like, I just like to watch TV. I really like like digging into a show, understanding the character development, like understanding the behind the scenes, I listened to this Pretty Little Liars podcast that they talk so much about like the different um, themes of the show and what they're pulling inspiration from, like these old black and white films. And they talk to these like directors and um, all these different people on the production stuff. And that's really interesting to me. So kind of like listening to informational podcasts, but I like learning more about like film and TV. So that's always been something like I've always been into like watching shows. And then a lot of the hobbies I do now are like, shows podcasts it's not so much like something more physical like an activity based based, which is like what I would really like to get Mm -hmm. more into um cooking has been something I've always really liked like I love to follow a recipe and like make a meal but I just I do it enough but I I wish I like made a little bit more time for it but ones I want to get into which I have a lot right now that are more activity based like I would love to get back into like photography and videography and like editing and stuff like that. And then 
more, even more activity based is like um, hiking or like outdoor activities. I really don't even know what I like because I haven't been super involved in outdoor hobbies. I've obviously like always hiked growing up and stuff, but in terms of like really specific ones, such as like climbing or paddleboarding or I don't know. All, there's all sorts of things, skiing, snowboarding. I would love to get into something more activity based like that. So the last one actually, okay. I have a couple. I'm so sorry. One is that I would like to learn to play the piano. And we actually just set up this piano in my basement that my stepdad got from my mom a couple of years ago. And we like just set it up. So I would love to learn to play that. I've always wanted to learn. And like, I know a couple songs, but like not, I don't really understand actual like the keys and the notes and all that stuff or like reading music. So I'd like to know more about that. And the last one, something like, I'd like to get into some sort of hobby that's more hands-on, like creating something. And I went into the soap shop the other day. It was like soap and bath bombs and stuff. And I was like, I would love to just like make soaps and bath bombs. And they're so cute. They're so cute. And they all smell so good. Anyway, so something creative like that, like making soaps or making candles or like making ceramics or something like that where you're really like yeah. using your hands. Creative, but with your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like not mm-hmm. just on a computer or behind a camera. Like I do like those things as well, but working with your hands just like hits different. Oh, also reading. I would mm-hmm. love to like, there's a ton of books I want to read and I just want to make more time to do that. What about you? What are some hobbies that you did do now and want to do? Um, when I was growing up, I did a lot of sports as well, mostly figure skating and then hockey. I was a big reader as well, but then I, when I started really struggling with depression, the more I struggled with it, the more I also got into TV. And at one point was considering a career in TV script writing. Ultimately, I just realized that the more TV I watched, the worse I felt. And that's just like me specific, not to say that it's like always bad for mental health, but I find that the more hobbies I have that are with my hands or like outdoor or exercise based, uh, the more I feel like energized because I have kind of a problem with getting my energy up. Now I do rock climbing. I got into backpacking a little more. All these things that I honestly hate to even think about, but at the end of the day, I have after I've finished something like a backpacking trip of some sort or a hike, I always feel like my best self, you know? And I think that's what a hobby is all about. It's hating yourself and then loving yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then as you know, I'm also super into plants and that has been kind of like my relaxation hobby, but also like educational hobby because I'm really just interested in how plants work. And also it's a hobby that doesn't like actually take that much time. You can put as much time into it as you want. You really only need to cut out like maybe 10 minutes a day just to check on them. And that's it. That's why it's like one of my favorite hobbies because it's so easy to get into and you can kind of control how much work you want to put into it. Some hobbies that I'd really like to get into for the future is I really would like to cook more. I feel like I'm kind of into cooking as a hobby, but I haven't really dove deep into it. So like, like you, it's really fun to just kind of like find a recipe and figure out how to make food taste good and make it kind of a bonding hobby with a partner or a parent or whatever. 
I also really want to get into pottery because I don't feel like I have a very good art hobby. I, oh, I used to be really into photography as well. Um, but I think there's just something about like actually doing something with your hands that is different than like photography, like really creating something like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Creating something like tangible, not that a photograph isn't, but it's like really, yeah, people get it. They get it. You get it. The the people get it. You guys know Um, what this is. (laughs) I also would love to, a few other things I would love to do is I would love to get into furniture refurbishing. And then my last hobby that I'd really like to get into is beekeeping, which is just like my random might not ever happen, but just, I just think it's so cool just kind of as an educational hobby, because I think bees are one of the coolest species on our, well, it's it's a species. I guess it's more like a, a group of species. There's more than one type of, anyways, I think it's just one of the most interesting animals, insects, whatever on the planet. And I, (laughs) I know so much about bees guys. And I just want to, she's like, I think they're an animal. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of beekeeping, um, you can listen to our first episode to hear about the very first time I ever told Jackie that I thought that she would be a beekeeper. <laughs> People need to just ask me what, what do I think would be their random hobby? And for Jackie, it was beekeeping. And I just knew. You, you nailed it, honestly. So um, what, what did other people say about it? Yeah. So we, we took a poll last week. We did mm-hmm. some polls and I just wanted to jump in really quick before we go into this about something that you said. I like that you said, like it was a joke. You're making a joke of just saying like, oh, it's all about going from like hating yourself to loving yourself. Like, obviously, that's not completely true but I just like the idea of thinking like you can really feel pretty lost or be like I don't really know who I am and when you start to kind of have more hobbies and things that are just for you or things that really um, help you learn more about yourself and like discover things about yourself or things that you like or don't like it really does give you like a deeper appreciation for yourself I think Mm -hmm. so love that you said that love that you made that joke (laughs) Totally. It really does like make you feel more, not that anyone needs to be defined, but to me, like a lot of times I didn't, I wasn't someone who participated in all these different extracurriculars as a kid. Like I felt like very, um, like generic or like bland and by -hmm. all means you do not have to have hobbies to be considered interesting or whatever. But I just think Mm -hmm. for yourself, it kind of just gives you like this feeling of belonging and you can create these communities around these hobbies And it's just kind of something that helps you um, understand yourself. I don't want to say define yourself because there's just Uh so much to understand about yourself, but I think it really does help you kind of like know yourself more and feel more. It's like appreciative of what you, what you can do. Yeah. Like you belong and like you have these specific things about you that like make you who you are and that you love. And like, you're not just kind of floating. Like, I don't know what makes me, me. I, I feel that way right now. I'm like, I really don't know. Like I, yeah, I just like make jokes and overwork myself. Like that's pretty much my whole life. <laughs> so. and, and I was thinking about this too, because I also didn't have that many hobbies when I was a kid besides, besides sports and reading, I feel like I didn't have any hobbies. When I got to college, I really didn't want to be the same person I was in high school who had no friends. And so my, the first thing I did was just join, join clubs and uh, I joined an improv group and that made me meet a bunch of people. And that's how I made a lot of my friends in college is through a hobby. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's how people find each other. It's like a good way to like find a community and uh, I mean, use up time until you die. Exactly. Right. That's, that's the real goal here. We're trying to use up time until we die. Basically, um, that's what hobbies are. 
So some of the things that other people said, we asked, one of the questions we asked was tell us your favorite hobbies that bring you joy. Some people answered hiking, bike rides, baking, photography, listening to this podcast, God bless Colin. I mean, and then he also said construction or woodworking, which I love like doing something with your hands. Um, we got some that are just art, painting candle vases and using them as planters, hiking and skiing. Yeah, it was really across the board. Like we got a lot of different ones, which I loved. And it's just cool to see some people's things are like super specific and some are more just like outdoor activities or something. And it's just cool to see what different people enjoy. So thanks to everyone who responded to that. So one of the first things we actually asked, what's the hardest part of starting a new hobby? And I think starting is the hardest part, obviously, but I think there's a lot of parts about starting that make it so scary or make it seem really daunting. Um, at least for me, like, because I can't know everything about it in one day, I feel like what's leaving the point, which is just a character flaw that I have. But we said, what's the hardest part about starting? (laughs) Overwhelmingly, the main answer was not enough time. Um, And we kind of talked about this in the last episode or the last two episodes that like, it's super important to make time. And we know that's not a reality for everybody. Um, Some people literally are incredibly busy and they might really not feel like they have the time. But we do talk about in the last episode, kind of the importance of prioritizing time to do things for yourself. Slowing down and automating some of the processes in your life so that you can make time to start hobbies that maybe aren't as automatic. Mm-hmm, definitely. And then a few other answers we got, not sure where to start, fear of failure. And my personal answer would be too much to learn. That was one of the options to choose. My, my Yeah, what would be yours? Because I have ADHD and I start a new hobby like every three weeks, my uh, hesitancy towards starting a a hobby is that I'm going to end up quitting the hobby anyways, because Mm. that has been my experience in most of my hobbies. I would say like 90% of them or more. Mm -hmm. And And I think that's super common. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really common if you're someone who's Uh, if you're someone who starts a lot of hobbies, I think after you've lived a certain amount of years, you're like, okay, I know myself well enough. And I know that I know that I'm not going to finish this, or I know that I'm just going to get bored of this soon. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. Or just like kind of being so excited about it at one point and then kind of losing that excitement. So I think we'd want to talk about like, first of all, finding a hobby. I think it is it's not something that needs to be like rocket science. Like you don't have to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, here's a list of all the hobbies I could have. Which one do I want to start and why? It's kind of just like sort of just go with how you're feeling. Like if there's something that you see, maybe you see a friend doing it or family member, someone on social media is doing something and you're like, that looks really cool. I would love to learn more about that. I would love to try that thing. Mm -hmm. Totally follow that feeling. Yeah. It should just be something that you follow your interest of and also maybe trying to think about what kind of habit you're trying to replace or what, what you're trying to fill in your life. Like, you know, you were saying that you don't have a lot of physical hobbies or like hands-on activity type of hobbies. So maybe focus more on that. Like what are the options you have? You know, if you already run and hike and climb and kayak, maybe look for a hobby that's like reading, like there's a bunch of different types of hobbies. I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how each hobby might, um, like what, what it might fulfill in your life. Like a relaxation hobby might 
feel this need to sacrifice control a little bit or something like that, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. We've wrote on a few different types of hobbies. I'll just run through them quickly. And then we want to touch on like just how these different types of hobbies could benefit you or maybe why one is for someone and the other is for someone else or something. So we just have relaxation hobbies, exercise, creative hobbies, um, food hobbies, educational, and then outdoor hobbies. And of course there's like the list goes on just to jump into these quickly. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what a relaxation hobby could look like? Cause I think that's something that people could see and be like, what, what am I going to do as relaxation that becomes a hobby? But there really are so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many different types of re- relaxation hobbies. So this could include something like meditating. Uh, it could include something like yoga or just something that's not even you know, so Zen, but it's just like knitting or crocheting or like mm-hmm. watching a TV show, I think could count in a, as a relaxation hobby, unless yeah, you're like Nicole and you're like, I'm going to listen to every podcast that's associated with this TV. Then it sounds like maybe it's more exercise. Just kidding. <laughs> a lot of things could be relaxing and it's just based off of you as a person. For my relaxation hobby, it's plants because even though I'm walking around a little bit and maybe using my hands more sometimes, most of the time it's just me putting my finger in a bunch of dirt and then being like, should I water this thing or not? And, and it's like, even if you up on it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, even if you are physically exerting yourself, mm-hmm. it, it's, if it's something that brings you relaxation, brings you peace, like, I think that's, and I think it's good for everyone to have like, mm-hmm. you know, some of these, because of course, like you want to do something that like, relaxes you uh even things that might even seem stressful can be relaxing like yoga it's like honestly that sounds like a lot of work but I think it can still be technically relaxation if you feel less stressed afterwards and that's kind of what a hobby is supposed to be anyways but relaxation hobbies kind of pull you away from yourself the most and they kind of put you into this it's not an escape exactly but just in this mode of like the only thing that really matters is just slowing my heart rate down and breathing, focusing on my breath and how I'm just alive. And that's the baseline. That's all I need to be and forget the problems that are really, you're really struggling with. Mm-hmm. Totally. Next there's exercise hobbies. This is like pretty self-explanatory, but just mm-hmm. different ways that you could get into moving your body. And this could be something that falls under like outdoor hobbies as well. These could be kind of similar where just, it doesn't have to be anything like, Oh, going to the gym. It doesn't have to be that it could be, mm-hmm. or it could be really a lot of different ways to just like move your body. It obviously does more than just creates a hobby for you. It helps your health and your mental health, your physical health. I, yeah. I think it also builds community a lot. It's like, Mm -hmm. Um, For example, my exercise hobby is climbing and there is a climbing community. I'm not really a fan of it, but for some people it's great. And (laughs) he's like, it's not my type of people. Fuck those people. (laughs) It's just, there's just a lot of like toxic masculinity in climbing and we can go into that a different day. But I also, we're going to do a whole episode on the toxic masculinity (laughs) of climbing. (laughs) There's a whole article uh, exposing it. And I a hundred percent agree. Anyways, I do it with my partner and I just feel like it really creates like a, this trust between you and another person. I think it's a great couples activity. Yeah. And then as far as creative hobbies go, I think that's one that people kind of think like, 
that's the first thing I think of when I hear hobby, like think of like Hobby Lobby, you know, it's like you think of like making crafts or something. Yeah. And it doesn't have to. Yeah. yeah. And that's obviously not the only type of creative hobby. There's like, like we were saying, making things with your hands, creating things, making art. But then, yeah, there's like media types of creative hobbies, like photography, videography, Mm -hmm. graphic design, all sorts of different, I mean, painting. Yeah. yeah, Or it could be music. I mean, creative, like really encompasses Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Totally. And I think that one thing that separates something as creative hobby is like, it stretches your brain a certain way. I think it's just like understanding that there's all these different types of hobbies and they can all bring different benefits to your life that, that you can't get out of the other one or something, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. But I think you're right about community. Like really in all of these, you really build a community. It just kind of happens that way. Like if you have a hobby that you're super into, you're going to attract like-minded people or people who like the same things as you, people you have things in common with. And I think that's a huge part of like the importance of having hobbies or not even like, it's not, this isn't like a, Mm. we're shaming you if you don't have hobbies podcast. It's kind of getting over the fear of starting or, or the stress of starting Mm -hmm. and just say, I really want to do this because there are tons of benefits. I mean, I need to do it. You know, this is like a letter to myself. And, um, one thing that I was going to say actually is that creative hobbies, I feel like are the ones that are most monetized upon, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like totally is actually harder to monetize like yoga. You have to like, I I mean, I guess you could be a yoga instructor, but like it's really hard to be um, passively monetizing off of something like that, or even yeah, off that's of more like you have to be like a pro, or like you have to go into that as a career, you know? You know? Yeah, like with those, it's like providing a service, whereas with creative, it's like you're selling maybe a product or something. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different. So there's also an educational hobby, and this isn't necessarily something that is tangible all the time. I I think of like learning a language or learning about something like music or TV or something like that. And it's, I think it's really good for expanding your mind and also being more accepting of other people. Yeah. I think that's something that is overlooked. Like I'm glad you brought that up because the art of learning or the hobby of just learning is a hobby in itself. It doesn't always have to be creating something or or doing something physical, it could literally just be like learning about something you're super interested in. And the whole hobby is learning about it and getting more information and understanding it better and whatever that leads to. How do you actually start any of those hobbies? If you understand what gap you're trying to fill of them, where is the next, where do you go next once you find the thing that you're interested in? And I think always think the first step to anything, and I think that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is reach, researching and exploring that topic, like self-exploration and exploration of a hobby. I think following your interest starts with understanding more about it and what you might need, what it looks like to continue this hobby, to get you kind of excited about it, where you could go to learn more about it. Is it something that you need to take a class with? Is it something you could just learn online? Is it something that maybe your friend would be interested in? I think that these are important questions to ask when you're starting and trying to get a hold on what kind of things you might need to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a great place that we like, I think sometimes people might think it's going to cost so much to start. It's going to cost so much to like 
figure out how to do this hobby. And it really, really doesn't have to like you, you know, you don't have to buy books. You can use the library. You can find a ton of information on social media. I mean, you can learn to do anything on YouTube. Like there's a ton of really like free resources or very, very inexpensive, like, like Skillshare is something that you can almost always find a discount code for that. I was going to say that's like next level, even like you can still find so much information without even paying for a class. And then if you find that you really like it and you want more information, you know, a lot of times that deeper information is something that someone who has the same passion charges for like a class or something. They provide these classes, which is so great. And I think that's like a great next step once you, but you don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, it's too expensive. Like, I don't feel like I have enough money to start. It's you really don't have to have a ton of money, you know? Don't buy supplies and books for something that you don't hundred percent know if you're going to continue doing. I've done that so much and I've just spent so much money on things that I just will never even look at again. And giving them away makes you feel so sad. And so if you can just use the library as a resource and, or like borrow something from a friend, that's going to keep you encouraged to do it. And it's not going to give you, it's not going to put any pressure on you to continue doing it, which I think that's something to avoid completely is putting any pressure on yourself to continue it because that's when you feel bad about it and it becomes not fun anymore. The most important thing about researching a hobby is to follow your interests and you don't have to learn everything about a hobby in order to start it. And it honestly takes away if you learn everything at first, because the whole point of a hobby is to explore it deeper and deeper and to learn more and more through it. So leave some stuff for later that you want to understand and just follow the specific interest that you have now. And then you might be interested in that other stuff later. And it'll feel more like a natural exploration of the hobby rather than a forced course on it immediately. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, I think that's like the biggest thing that I struggle with when starting is I feel like I can't learn everything right away and I can't know everything about it and be the best at it right at the start. And that sounds probably so stupid, but that's something I struggle with a lot. If I don't know how to do something, I have a really hard time starting if I don't know if it's going to be right. And it really is so much more about the exploration, not about the perfection. It's so important to know that it's a progression and it's a process and it doesn't have, you don't have to be perfect at it. In fact, you're not going to, if you don't know anything about this thing, you don't need to be perfect. You can just enjoy learning about it. And I think to me, and I'm sure to other people, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. It's like, if I start learning things about it and I'm like, there is just too much to learn. I'm never going to know enough to be the best. I'm never going to, it's going to take me so long to get to a point where I can like monetize this or something. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like that at all. It can just be exploration without pressure, like you said. So I think that's a huge thing to focus on is that you don't have to, you don't have to do everything all at once. If you want to, if you have the means to buy a bunch of stuff or do that, like go off if you want to, you know, but it's also, there's also more sustainable ways to do it. Like mm-hmm. you said, borrowing from a friend, thrifting, buying something secondhand, like a secondhand used camera, or I think yeah, there's more creative ways to like get into it without feeling like you're selling your soul. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, say, say for example, starting a photography hobby, you don't need to have the most expensive best camera on the market because Mm -hmm. that stuff's so fucking expensive, first of all. So, I mean, and if you can do that, like, again, go off, go do it. But 
so many people have started hobbies and left them behind that there's so much secondhand stuff out there already. And you want to see if you really like it. And if you get the most expensive camera, you're going to have to catch up to learning how to use it. Whereas if you get a beginner camera, you'll only have to learn a little bit, then you can sell it, get a little bit more of an intermediate camera, learn how to use that one, sell it, get a better camera, you know, like don't rush it. Don't rush the process. And I love that you said that. I think that's a perfect segue into the next thing we want to talk about, which is how to stick with the hobby and not just abandon it when, you know, things get hard or you lose interest or whatever. And, and that's not to say, oh, if you try, try a hobby and you don't like it, you don't have to stick with it, of course. But it's just kind of like if there's something you really want to do and you find yourself quitting easily or you find yourself getting frustrated in the beginning or feeling overwhelmed, um, we just want to share some ideas for how to mitigate that and and feel like you can stick with it. And I think, like we said, the first thing is just taking the pressure off. But beyond that, it's kind of just like taking these baby steps and starting small and not not feeling like you have to learn it all at once. Like I said, you know, saying you can just get the beginner camera, like you said. Yeah, I think it's just important to, to say, I'm just going to take small bites of this or I'm just going to try one thing. I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to watch one YouTube video about this today. And it does get you more excited. Like, OK, now yeah. like I know that thing. And it feels like, okay, now I can learn the next thing. And the next thing, you know, it can be these steps. And it's something that you start small and the more interested you get in it, the more time you want to spend with it naturally. And to force yourself to play an instrument for four hours a day with when you could just do 10 minutes. And as you get more interested in it, just be like, oh, I actually just played for 30 minutes, oddly enough without forcing it, I think that's going to help you stick with it. And then I, something I wanted to touch on so much is that it's totally okay and perfectly human to leave a hobby and come back to it later. Prime example being this podcast. I had an idea to start a podcast like four or five years ago, and I didn't have a co-host or anything. I didn't really understand how to start one. I didn't have any equipment and I learned a lot about it, but then ended up not really doing anything with it. And so then I left the idea and came back to it when I felt like, okay, this is a good time to start. I feel like I have a co-host. I feel like I have a little bit of direction, not a lot, but (laughs) Um, we're doing it. (laughs) We're here, baby. (laughs) Um, And coming back to it and then being like, okay, now I'm really invested in this thing because I came back to it at the right time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I, and that's something that there's a book that we've talked about here and there, um, big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she actually talks about that a lot. Like, you know, feeling like creative, whatever. I mean, I think any hobby really can be considered creative, but that thing, whatever it is, will kind of like find you when you're ready and it will find you at the right time rather than you having to feel like you have to force it. And I think that's just a cool concept to think about. Like, not only are you trying to go out and find the, whatever, whatever the hobby is, it's like that thing is also like coming into your life at the right time for what you need it for, you know? Yeah. And so, and also in that book, she talks a lot about monetizing your hobby and she talks about her writing and how she never relied on her writing to make her money to live. And she never quit her day job to write because it would have put pressure on this hobby that she absolutely is in love with. It would put pressure on it and make it into a job and force it to give her something that 
she couldn't ask from it. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't just like quit your job and do your side hustle or whatever. But if you ever like think about monetizing something, think about the pressure that it puts on the hobby and how going into a hobby thinking it can make you money is going to end up making it less rewarding, I think. Yeah, that's not always true, but I think a lot of the time, I think like, like you said, you know, you don't want to go into it thinking that. And, and even more than that, it's like, it's one thing to go into it and being like, I love this thing. I want to become successful at it. I have big dreams for this hobby, whatever, or, you know, hobby turned career, whatever it could be anything, but it's totally fine to be like, I want to make something out of this. I want to start a shop. I want to do this, this, and this, like, that's great to have those goals because ultimately if that's what you want, it's going to be great. But I think the, the big word there is actually don't go into it, assuming that it can make you money. You don't want to go into it, assuming that it's going to support you. Like you said, which was a point from the book. Like if you put that pressure on it, it is going to make it so much more stressful and almost to the point where you maybe don't want to do it. You know, you have to let it come more naturally. And if you know that you're still going to be financially supported by your job, whatever that is, even if it's not your passion, like you were saying in the intro, it doesn't have to be. Your job is your, in a way, it's like it it was made to be a way that you make a living and a way that you contribute to your community or society. And it's great that some people are so passionate about it, but I really don't think that there's any job that someone's like, I love it so much. There's not a day that I don't want to go to work. Like Mm -hmm. there's always a day where you're like, I wish I could just not go to work today. And so I think no matter, even if it's your favorite thing, like my dad does video production and that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time is like editing and videography and production type things. And I've always been interested in that. And it's what he does. And I was like, I just, I think it'd be so fun. Anytime I've edited a video, I just can't wait to like get back to editing it. Like I'm so excited. And he was like, yeah, it is fun. But he's like, there are points where you're just like, I hate this. I cannot listen to this clip one more time to try to cut it. I cannot watch this clip one more time. Like he was like, there's always going to be a time where you're like, I am so sick of looking at this, even if it's something you love. Like, and I totally think that that's the case. So don't be so quick to be like, this is going to be my dream job. It's like, it doesn't have to be that right away. It can be something that just brings you joy and makes you happy. And if it ends up turning into that, that's fantastic. Like we always say that we want to be our own boss and um, make our own hours and do something that we love and who doesn't, but putting that pressure on your hobby or just, just an interest that you have right away to be like, and I do that all the time. I think of something that I like, and I'm like, I want to do videography and how could I make money? And should I film weddings or should I do this? And this? like, I need to be able to make money off of this. And it's like, or you could just do it for fun because it brings you joy and happiness. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have yeah. to be all one or the other, but I think putting the pressure on it of monetizing it can really bring it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have such a problem with that. Like whenever I start a new hobby, I'm like, oh my God, I could be so good at this. I could be pro. I could turn this mm-hmm. into a job, you know? And it's just because I'm so passionate about that thing that it's like, who doesn't want to just do the thing that they're passionate about for the rest of their life? It ultimately always ends up taking joy away from it. So mm-hmm. just to come back from this tangent, a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to talk about with sticking with a hobby is it's really helpful to replace a bad habit with a new hobby. As I've just recently learned, I used to watch TV so much and 
not that that can't be a hobby. And I feel like I, you know, I love TV, but I just, again, I felt like it was just taking so much out of me to watch TV and it was making me even lower energy. So I replaced it with reading. And now anytime I want to watch TV, I say, I'm going to just read a chapter first. And then usually at that point, I'm just so into reading that I end up never turning the TV on. I think that's been really beneficial because if you don't have that time in your life to fit a hobby, maybe you can just fit a hobby into something that you want to change. And then you get something that gives you joy and makes you take out that bad habit that you Mm -hmm. that wasn't serving you anyways. Yeah, exactly. Like it kind of starts to be something that's really productive in the sense that it's leading you to the type of person that you want to be or the way that you want to live your life. And it could be something that you really enjoy. And I think that's why when it comes to things that are pretty common, bad habits, people want to break or good habits, they want to implement like exercise, healthy eating. It's like people always say, find the exercise that you enjoy because otherwise you're going to just hate it. Like, I don't, I don't like going to the gym. It's never been something I've enjoyed. I've tried Mm -hmm. it. I don't like it, but there are things I really like, like classes or Mm -hmm. doing things outside and you find something for some people, it's a sport, whatever. That's just an example, but you find something that you love, right? Exactly. Walking to get pizza. That is my exercise. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows it's finding the thing that you like and that you enjoy and that interests you and doing it to create better habits is a great way to do it. And it doesn't have to be about that, but it certainly can be, and it can really help you stick with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of two birds, one stone. But yeah, I think so. that it's like similar with cooking as a hobby. It's a hobby that anyone can have, but it really will increase your health to follow a recipe or like only, you know, make better recipes. Like, Oh, like I really want to have more vegan recipes, whatever it is because you're not eating out as much, you know, Mm -hmm. it's It's like like, ultimately going to be healthier. And it's replacing that bad habit of like going out to eat with doing something that is kind of fulfilling. And at the end you're like, Oh my God, I have this, this food that I need to eat anyways, but I made it into something that's more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Totally going out isn't enjoyable because obviously it's so, yeah, but sometimes, yeah. I'm like, for me, it hurts my bank account and my body. Um, bank account doesn't it hurt? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the server. Mm -hmm. So the last thing, the last thing we kind of, I wanted to touch on and I know you did too, is to just a big thing you can do is to, do this hobby with a friend or a family member feeling like you're like you said earlier it's a bonding experience like you get to try it out together or maybe that friend or family member has experience with it and they can teach you more and or you you do the hobby and then you really enjoy it and you want to show it to somebody else like it really is such a way to create relationships create a community and that really helps you stick with it because it becomes something that you do with that person so whenever you're together, you're like, let's do that thing that we have in common, or it's how you made that friend. And so now Mm -hmm. that's what you guys do together. You climb together or you hike together or you make pottery together. And it kind of like, in, in my opinion, it's a more rich, like relationship to kind of like experience these things together. Not that just like hanging out and talking or something isn't like great, but I think a lot of times we hang out with people, we're just like on our phones, like showing each other TikToks or something stupid, or just like chatting. And it's like, you could be like really having a fun experience together that does really bond you in a different way, I think. So hopefully, you know, just to wrap it up, hopefully this episode has inspired you to either research some new hobbies or, or take the first step in that hobby you've really been wanting to try. I mean, I'm like the first person to be like, I really want to 
take the first step in trying some hobbies. And I think one thing we want to do is like, we want to try some things and come back and report on like how they're going and um, what we're liking about them. Overall, there's a ton of things I want to get more into and maybe taking a step away from social media will help that. I just want to say thank you guys again for kind of sticking with us through kind of the inconsistencies that we've had. I love doing this podcast. I know Nicole loves doing it too, but it is genuinely hard sometimes with 40 hour plus work weeks Mm -hmm. and recording an episode and editing an episode is not the easiest thing. And it's definitely a little bit time consuming. And while I love doing it, it's sometimes just simply impossible. It is. It is stressful sometimes. And we honestly love doing it. Like I love recording. I love like posting about the episode and connecting with people about episodes. And I think we just want you guys to know, like, we love that you listen and we're just so happy you're here and we will continue to put out content and we'll do it as, as frequently as we can, but we don't, I mean, and this is just in my opinion, but we don't want it to become something that we're like, this is just so stressful that we can't even enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And having jobs, full-time jobs outside of this is, (laughs) can be difficult. So um, yeah, we just want to, we just want to say we appreciate everyone for like always sticking around, listening, coming back for more content, reaching out and telling us about how you like the episode. Like we just always love hearing about that. And yeah, that's all. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know where you can find us and reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at So Good So Far Podcast. You can find me at Jackie's Attic. You can find me at Nicole Pilgrim. And you do have a TikTok now that still yes. has no content on it, but <laughs> we are like, working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. We're working on it. It's at So Good So Far Podcast, just like our Instagram. We'll see yeah. you next Friday, hopefully. <laughs> God willing. We're kind of ahead of schedule right now. So we're killing it. (laughs) We're doing, we're doing super well. It's been so so good so so far. far. Oh my gosh. Sorry. There's a bunch of hummingbirds outside right on this tree. Oh my God. I love hummingbirds. There's like five and they're tiny. Okay. Anyway, all hummingbirds are tiny. Well, these ones are especially small.